0: Welcome to Sunday Afternoon Mama, a podcast designed to help you learn to create a calm and joyful atmosphere in your home. I'm your host, Hannah Riddle, a wife, mom, and former teacher living in the Pacific Northwest. I certainly don't have everything figured out, but I hope to encourage and inspire you to be the best mama you can be. Are you ready to jump in? In this episode, we'll hear about my recent front porch experience, discuss how to make it easier to walk in joy, and we'll learn the surprising benefits of crying. Trust me, it's amazing. This is episode 55. Here we go. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in this week. I just wanted to say a huge thank you to the new followers, new subscribers that we have. And here's your friendly little reminder that you can tap subscribe on your phone on the podcast app, especially with an Apple phone. That way you never miss a new episode. New episodes come out every Tuesday. So this month, the month of November, we have a theme of joy. What it means, how to walk in it, how to walk through difficult times and still have joy. And so this season of the podcast, we are diving into 12 attributes of a Sunday afternoon mama, one for each month of the year. So far, we've discussed choices, a Sunday afternoon mama decides the best choice for her and her family and loses the guilt, and home, how to create a warm, loving atmosphere. And if you remember, we were inspired by the Alsace region of France and Tuscany, so a lot of fun ideas from other parts of the world. This month is all about joy, as I said. A Sunday afternoon mama chooses to receive and walk in joy no matter what is going on around her. Now, something that recently happened that brought me great joy, I just wanted to tell you about. So the other day, I took my little two-year-old for a walk, and he was in the stroller, and we were going around the neighborhood, and they were going to play outside, and so he's really into tractors right now. This is a very important thing to know about him. (laughs) He's so super into tractors and all kinds of construction equipment. So on this walk, we walk by one of my neighbor's houses, and they are redoing their front yard and so they had a crew of guys working on the yard and they're tearing up the old and putting in the new and there's all this equipment and so i knew that my little boy would be like all about that so sure enough he's like tractor 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 and so i was like hey we're gonna go on our walk and we'll come back and watch the tractor So by the time we did our loop and came back around, there was one worker, I think the rest had gone to lunch or something like that, but there was one worker and he was on a track hoe, and he was digging and maneuvering that thing and it was just really cool to watch. So I I walked up there and I'm like, hey, my little boy would love to watch you work for just a few minutes if that's not you know, weird. Or whatever. And so he's like, oh, sure. And so we're sitting there kind of a little bit of distance away, just watching the tractor work and all this stuff. And then my neighbor sees that we're out front and comes out and says hello. And she's like, well, come sit on my front porch. And that way he can watch for a little while. And so we sat on her front porch and she brought me a really soft, comfortable blanket. Cause it was kind of chilly. And we sat there, me and my little boy on her front porch, just watching this guy tear up the yard. <laughs> And it was kind of amazing because it was relaxing to just sit there. I didn't have my phone with me. I couldn't look at anything else. I didn't even have any distractions. And so I just watched the wonder on my little boy's face. And at one point he was like, that is amazing. (laughs) Just hearing a a two-year-old say the word amazing is just, I don't know, it's amazing. (laughs) So he also, another thing he's been really into is giving thumbs up. So I, I didn't even know that he really knew how to do this. But so the worker is just working away and Every now and then, my little boy would look at him and give him a huge thumbs up like, you just, you keep working, man. (laughs) And the guy didn't always see him because he was focused on his job. But the thumbs up just kills me. Keep going. You can do it. It's just great. So anyways, it was just an amazing experience and it was such a simple way to experience some joy throughout the day, but I had to sit there and not do anything else. I couldn't like, I don't know. There was no distraction and I was just there fully in the moment with my little boy and it was just wonderful to sit and be together with him and the crisp November air was just so invigorating and so lovely and it wasn't raining which is always a big win so I don't know as I, I struggled to do this as I've shared before so I just considered that moment in my day such a major victory and I hope that that encourages you too to take those moments to savor them and to really fully dive in and experience everything like that when it happens. So over the last two weeks, the last two episodes were with my new friend Fiona Custer and she shared about having joy and walking with joy through a very painful condition that she went through. So I won't spoil it for you in case you have not heard those episodes. They would be episode fifty three and fifty four, but she had to go through something—a physical, uncomfortable situation that is painful. It was embarrassing, it was uncomfortable, and she talked about how she had to really kind of humble herself and get to a point where she was ready to receive help and not care what people thought. And oh man, that was just so inspiring to me because a lot of times we have a physical ailment or a physical problem that causes all those feelings. And how do you walk in joy through that? And I thought Fiona. an amazing, just masterful job of sharing how she walked through that scenario. Another thing she talked about was having joy through loss. And she described how when they were first married, her and her husband, a devastating fire took their house and burned everything in it. And I mean, talk about just heartbreaking, losing everything you own at that point, just feeling so discouraged. But God rebuilt their lives. He rebuilt their memories. And she just, oh, she just walked through that with such grace. I'm so blown away at her, her ability to walk in that Joy through those kinds of situations that were full of loss and pain. And so I hope that was encouraging to you. Make sure you listen to those two episodes if you haven't already. So, continuing on talking about joy today, I think one of the most amazing things about joy is that it's a gift. And I've said it probably a hundred times it's not something we can conjure up, it goes way beyond happiness. In fact, we said with Fiona that our roller coaster emotions are certainly not going to help us be consistent in how we handle life's challenges. We have to choose joy despite how we are feeling. And that is so hard sometimes, but we we have the capability to do it. So today, I want to share a simple story with you. It's actually one that I feel very specifically like I am supposed to tell you. You know when your heart starts to beat faster, you know you're supposed to do something? <laughs> so Oh, here we go. It's about a defining time early on in our marriage where we were challenged to walk in joy despite some very difficult circumstances. So bear with me in case I get a little bit teary-eyed. Okay, so basically what happened is I met and married Jonathan within the span of one calendar year. And so when we met, we knew very quickly that we wanted to be together for the rest of our lives. And it didn't take long, took a couple of months for us to get engaged and a couple of months to plan the wedding. And so we met in January and were married in December. the same year and up until that point i was very wrapped up in my identity as a teacher and as a youth pastor at church and as a worship leader and so i really had trouble distinguishing like who hannah was aside from all those roles and responsibilities and jobs and titles and being the person that kind of loves to get the gold star the good grade you know all through school it was like oh i accomplished this i have this title I feel good about myself because I'm impacting students' lives and, you know, helping the church and I, I feel really good about all of that, right? And that's not bad. That's not a bad thing to feel like grateful that you have this job and that you're contributing to the world, you know, <laughs> but the danger was that I had trouble separating like who I was out of what I did. Okay, hopefully that makes sense. So what happened was as soon as we got married, we started to experience some very challenging circumstances. So a couple months into our marriage, I got laid off from my job at the schools that i worked at okay so this was i had worked for almost six years it was a little unexpected it was like budget cuts and i was a music teacher and they cut the music program way back and so boom i lose that job and to top it off i was pregnant with our first daughter when this all went down so i was scared i thought oh you know jonathan's in grad school he's not working full-time anywhere this was, you know, my income was our main income at the time. And I knew that Jonathan would get a great job after his master's program. We had this all figured out, we thought. <laughs> and and so we're like, no, it'll be great. And so I lose job number one. And then through another set of circumstances, I got laid off at the church. And so I lost my other main job number two. So you guys, so having my identity and worth wrapped up in my jobs, this was a devastating blow right? This was very hard for me. I was confused. I was frustrated. I was hurt. It was awful. And I'm just, I can't communicate to you now. The, If I could see you, maybe I could, but I can't communicate to you now how badly that hurt at the time. And I was really scared. I mean, pregnant with your first child, it's a whole other, I don't know, whole other ballgame. You're like entering into this time where you're excited and nervous. Like, am I going to be a good mom? And you want to feel ready and you want to feel as prepared as you can. And it seemed like Everything that I'd worked for, literally worked for, had gotten stripped away. And I thought, what? What, God? What are you doing? Like, we don't have a job now. We don't have money. What are we going to do? You allowed us to conceive and now we have this precious little life coming into the world and we have no income. And so this is what happened. And I just, I'm starting to cry now, but God provided everything that we needed and more, right? Right. He did. Um, We got unemployment checks, which I should have known those would be coming. I mean, that was a huge blessing. We had to humble ourselves and accept some help, literally some help from the government because we had such a low – we were in such a low place. That was so humbling. I I will never forget going to the store, paying for groceries with that card and thinking – I hope nobody sees. I am so embarrassed. I've worked so hard. How could I have been brought so low? And, um, you know, Jonathan's working hard. He's finishing his master's program. It was like many, 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 I don't even know how many hours per week that he's working in at school. And we just felt like we had hit rock bottom financially right off the bat. I mean, what a way to start, right? What a way to start your marriage and bring your first child into the world. But let me just tell you, people rallied around us. We had support from friends and family. We made it through. And you know what? I look back on that time actually quite fondly because my heart was able to walk in this depth of peace and joy that I don't know if it's been achieved since. I mean, that was one of the lowest times we've ever been through. But because we were so low, we reached out and cried out to God with all of our hearts and all of our just desperation. And we were like, had to give up control. We couldn't force anything to happen. We couldn't make someone get the next job. And like, it was all in his hands. We did what we had to do as far as like being responsible and, you know, taking steps to get something to work out. But we had to rely 100%, 110% on God. And we had to walk every day in full faith that we would see the light at the end of this tunnel. And we had to speak truth over ourselves and our situation. And we prayed a lot. And you know, I just, I don't know if you have a point like that that you can think of in your life where it was desperate and you were beyond what you thought was possible of like hopeless and frustrated and whatever it may be and you had to rely on God more than normal for provision or for health or healing or whatever it may be. Do you have a story like that that you can look back on? I I hope you do. I mean, I know that at the time it's not fun to go through, but I hope you have something like I do that can help encourage your own heart whenever you get weary and someone else's heart when they need to hear your story. So if I could wrap that all together, what ended up happening was within the next year, Jonathan got a job offer and we moved up to a bigger city, a metropolitan area, and kind of dove right into that new job and everything got better in the sense of he provided. He provided for all of our needs. He has always provided for all of our needs. I'm sorry I keep I keep crying. <laughs> but You know, he was faithful, but we had to get to the point where we chose to trust him and let go of that control and thinking, we can do it. We can do anything. We're awesome. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I say that tongue in cheek, but it's so true. I think that's actually a huge hindrance to us walking in joy is being like dependent on only ourselves, um, relying on ourselves and our own strength. So currently, even right now, whenever I feel like I'm not walking in that full fullness of joy, I have to come back to this story. I have to think back to how I got through that tough time I whenever I am distracted or discouraged I have to say and declare like I am who you say I am that amazing song (laughs) that I keep talking about from Hillsong I am who you say I am and just declare what is true over and over again until we really believe it and then act like it's true that's the key. So I hope that my story encourages you today. I feel a little bit shaky, like even telling it because it's just, I remember it so vividly, but I hope that that can strengthen your weary heart today. If you're feeling it, if you're just feeling it, in the thick of it, in motherhood, in a struggle. There's, you know, whatever's going on in your heart and in your life. Coming to the end, you know, coming to the end of ourselves is the first step. So this will actually lead into just some tips and a takeaway for you when it comes to understanding ways to make it easier for ourselves to walk in that joy and that fullness of joy. Okay, here's the first one and I just mentioned it. Come to the end of yourself. I mean the end of yourself. This is so humbling, you know, recognizing that we can't fix ourselves and recognizing that in our own strength, we can't do Everything. And it's even hard for me to say that, but it's so true, right? No healthy habit, beautiful home, gorgeous clothes, or the perfect hair day can fix the heartache or the pain deep within our, our souls. When we struggle and can't seem to overcome a problem, something like a bad habit, a mistake that we keep making, keep making, keep making, an anger issue, maybe family baggage from the past is weighing us down, we've got to let it go. Just come to the end of ourselves. There's an amazing song by Elevation Worship that talks talks about this. It's, Oh, Come to the Altar. And they basically say, have you come to the end of yourself? You know, if you're thirsty, drink from that well. Jesus is calling. It's just the most powerful song. And I love it. It's one of my anthems right now, along with uh, Who You Say I Am, because it's so true. And again, we have to say these things that are true, despite what everything looks like around us. Like when we had no jobs and no money and no way to see the end of like this difficult circumstance. And my oldest daughter was like born into that scenario. We had to choose to come to the end of ourselves and let God take over completely, completely. As I've mentioned before, a worrisome trend that I see, it's very enticing. It's very seductive, and it's just kind of floating around our world right now, is to look within ourselves for the answers, to meditate until you find peace and you discover all that you're meant to be. Can I just gently speak the truth over us all right now? Our complete healing from all the sorrow or pain we've ever gone through or will ever go through can only come through Jesus. He's the only one who can mend our brokenness and bring wholeness and peace trying harder, even doing things like eating super clean, working out a ton, having it all together on the outside. All these things, they're not bad things, but they all fall short of fully allowing us to receive and walk in the joy that God is longing to give us if we just ask him and come to the end of ourselves. The second tip I have for you, and encouragement I have for you today, is to let the tears fall. If you are going through a difficult time, even if it's something that other people might look at and be like, that's not that hard, what's going on? Let the tears fall. Let yourself experience it, don't push it away, and certainly don't distract yourself so that you never deal with it. Did you know that humans are the only species to weep from emotions? You know, isn't that cool? One of the benefits of crying is also that it helps relieve the physical tension of feeling upset, and I will link this amazing article in the show notes about all the benefits of crying. So they say it seems that crying begins just after the peak of physiological arousal as sympathetic activity starts to decrease and parasympathetic activity increases, helping bring the body back to homeostasis. Now that sounds really fancy, and but basically what they're saying is crying occurs as our body returns from that fight or flight state when we're stressed and all that adrenaline is pumping to a calm rest restful state here are more surprising benefits and effects of crying and why it's really really good to do it releases toxins and stress it forges bonds between us like in our relationships it improves communication amongst us and it boosts our mood and it's actually even good for our eyes so sometimes we need to get alone and just let the tears come pour out our hearts to god in prayer and then sit often in just in silence even and let his comfort and peace settle into us i have done this so many times although it's embarrassing to admit how sometimes i will turn to other sources or other people for comfort before him but when you go to him first he always always comes through Okay, the third tip for you is to acknowledge the battle. Acknowledge the battle we're in. Here's the thing. I was Googling why our culture is so obsessed with ourselves, like narcissism, all that. And there were 84 million results on Google, 84 million. So clearly, this is something that is happening <laughs> and that is quite disturbing. We've got a battle raging around us. There's a lot of pressure to focus on ourselves. One major factor is that in general, we in the Western part of the world are very proud of our capitalism and our individualism. And there's that struggle because, yes, it's good to like have that confidence that we can achieve great things and do, work hard and all of that. I've talked about this before, but there's there's got to be balance in there. So I will link this article in the show notes that I found. So this author says, on the one hand, you know, it's okay to, I'm paraphrasing, put all the focus on the individual as far as like, you can do anything, you can change the world. And that's very motivating. And then he goes on to say, but this is also a bad thing because we give ourselves too much credit for successes and too much blame for failures. The problem with individualism is that it ignores the fact that we're social creatures and we live and survive and succeed in tribes. We call ourselves failures, we call ourselves losers, and that's the beginning of a descent into a range of dangerous mental health problems. And the truth is, He says that our successes and our failures are the product of so many factors we don't control that it's a fantasy to believe that we alone are solely responsible for who and what we are. And I totally see what he's saying, right? A lot of times we put all this pressure on ourselves to do it all, be it all, and then we crash down because outside circumstances happen or we get sick or who knows what happens. It's not just all you know, on us. So he, this was kind of funny later on in the article. He's like, you're not Beyonce. (laughs) He's like, don't beat yourself up about this. The toxic lie that our culture gives us is that we can be anyone we want, do anything we want, but that's never been fully true. And he concludes by saying, if you want to be happy and find fulfillment, don't try to be Beyonce or Elon Musk. Instead, find the thing you're good at and become even better at it and try to help the people around you as much as possible. It's really that simple. Now, this article isn't talking about God or the power that can come through his help, So, but I thought that was interesting that even he comes to this conclusion that like, stop putting all this pressure on ourselves. We're, we're not going to walk in joy if we're constantly being like, but it's all my fault, or I failed, and Ah, what do I do? It's like, let go of some of that. And for my PS to his advice is recognize that the society around you is working very hard to convince you that you are the most important person in the world. Advertisers rely on this, right? You need a new whatever it is, fill in the blank. Your wrinkles can be erased with this product. You'd be so much happier driving this new car. You need to get these things for your kids for christmas to really show them that you love them and you know it goes on and on then think about the names of products that we have and services that we have there's youtube ipods i everything i didn't do even make ipods anymore? i just said that but i'm not actually entirely sure <laughs> i'm stuck in 2000 early 2000s <laughs> super personalized coffee orders wanting to be famous like that american idol syndrome i could be a star or my kid is destined to be rich and famous if only you knew how well he si- sings <laughs> you know so sadly this obsession with self creates a deep dissatisfaction within us because guess what no matter how hard we try we will ultimately fall short and fail without god's help yes I said it. Without his power allowed to work in and through us, we will stay stuck. Stuck in things like self-pity, addiction, destructive habits. The list goes on. I thought it was so sad. I was at a doctor's office for an appointment. Oh, I know what it was. All three of my children got flu shots. That was fun. (laughs) Anyways, We were at the doctor's office and this girl was um, adjusting her hair for a selfie on her phone, which is kind of sad actually because she was only about nine years old. And she was trying to look really cute and I'd kind of like do this face. And I just thought, oh, that breaks my heart. The world that we're kind of living in is very, very obsessed with ourselves. And that really prohibits joy. Again, I know it's hard. Like, believe me, I struggle with all of these things too. I have to resist the urge to document every little thing in my life, even for you all. <laughs> but the truth is, the more we get our eyes off of ourselves, oh, it's so freeing. The more joy we can receive. And then, oh, it's so powerful to look look Up, not in. Now there is a great um, sentence I heard from Brian Houston uh, recently. I was able to attend a worship night with Hillsong, and it was just so powerful. And he is their pastor from their kind of head headquarters church in Sydney, Australia. And his his powerful line that I will never ever forget as long as I live. Basically, he says, "If you look around you, you'll be distracted. If you look inward, you'll be miserable. But if you look upward," You will have joy and hope. And I just thought, I never want to forget this. This is like a a life slogan for me. <laughs> it was so powerful. Okay, the next tip I have for you is to get back to the basics. And what I mean by this is to check in with your body. Food, water, movement, and sleep. The building blocks, the foundation of health for us humans. How are you doing? I recently committed, recommitted, to create a really... Oh, much more effective and appealing wind down routine every night to convince myself to get to bed by 10 because that's my goal since I get up so early. And I do love the early mornings. Like it works for our lives, our schedule, Jonathan's work, etc. But to reap the full benefits of my quiet, beautiful morning, I have to go to bed at a reasonable hour or the morning is toast. No pun intended. <laughs> Another way to get back to basics is what Fiona said about zooming out of your situation. Connect with a solid friend to see how each other's doing. Often a friend is more objective and able to nudge you in the right direction. I did this a couple of weeks ago with two very sweet friends and we just encouraged each other, we relaxed, we kind of put away our distractions and just it felt so nourishing for my heart and my soul and my mind. So oftentimes if we connect with a great friend, that can really, really give us perspective and get us back on the right track to be able to walk in joy. And the last tip I have for you is to get up, get something to eat and get moving forward. So don't stay there in your sorrow or self-pity or discouragement or anger or bitterness or whatever it may be, it's easy. It's easy to wallow. I'm an expert wallower, if that's even a word. I can wallow in self-pity with the best of them. Does that even make sense? (laughs) And I'm not talking about serious, deeper issues that we struggle with that may require us to, you know, get outside help like a counselor or a pastor. So please hear my heart on that. I'm talking about, you know, the selfish preoccupation where we're just stuck in a in a bad, bad place where we're just comparing and criticizing and spiraling downward. And this is the step, the tip that involves action on our part, a choice to get up off the couch and to move, to get a snack, to get something in your body that's healthy and good and just keep moving forward and take care of your body and your mind. And it does take intentionality, It takes a ch- it's a choice to turn off the junk, the noisy chatter in our ears about what we should do or what we need or and just focus on our sweet families and the people right around us. You and I may need to take more drastic measures when it comes to this part. I know what sucks me in and what distracts me and what drags me down and you do too whatever those things are, if we can push them aside, clear our minds and our hearts and move ahead, nourish our bodies, don't neglect those basic building blocks of of life, and we will much more easily be able to walk in joy and receive it and just be able to have a smile or a joyful countenance even when our circumstance is miserable. I get pretty fired up about this only because i want us all to break free it's like we're stuck in a messy spider web full of lies and distractions and we've got to get out right to walk in more joy i want to sit on my neighbor's porch and look at the tractor and watch the digger and talk to my son not tomorrow not next year after all there's no guarantees in this life about time And I just want to look out and notice the leaves and cuddle with my little boy. And I'm sure you long for this too, but it takes that choice of like, now... Let's do it now. What if we could take these steps today, whenever you are listening to this episode, today, and break free from this web and start fully living life as a joyful mama whose soul is filled with peace and quiet trust. Just like that season when my husband and I were first married and those first few months were so hard. But like I said, now I look back and I think, wow, God carried us through I I was my character was strengthened our marriage bond was strengthened and our little sweet girl came into the world and everything was fine and God took care of us but in it it's not easy to see that everything's going to be okay sometimes so we've got to make these choices and that's where I want to encourage you to clear away distractions get back to the basics recognize that crying is a good thing it's it's good to release those emotions but then not to stay there So I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope that whatever you are in the middle of, you feel hope, you feel renewed energy to move forward in freedom. Okay, so we always do a little segment called my favorite things and this is kind of a silly one and I don't know. It's just what I've got. (laughs) So I got a new phone. If you remember, mine was kind of half broken and it was time to upgrade and it's just like, oh, the audio was terrible because I dropped it in the kitchen sink, (laughs) in the sink, full of water. (laughs) So anyways, I have two new things. I have a new pop socket and a new military grade phone case because I am prone to dropping it in sinks and floors on floors and whatever. So, um, so the pop socket is amazing. I'm looking at it right now. Let me see. Can I make the noise? Maybe you can hear it pop. Isn't that fun? (laughs) It's so fun, fun to do that. So when I first got it, like the first two days, I was like using it and I was so excited and then I was like wow my finger's getting really sore like my two fingers on my right hand where I often hold it and there was literally an indentation in my in my finger from this pop socket. I'm like this I thought this was supposed to be more comfortable and help you hold your phone better (laughs) so so I asked my husband I'm like I I love this but it's kind of tight and it kind of hurts my finger am I I don't know like is it supposed to do that and he's like Hannah it pops out twice and I was only like half popping the pop socket (laughs) like halfway out which is not as comfortable let me just tell you and it was creating this like line dent in my finger so sure enough i pop it out twice pop pop and it's awesome (laughs) and now i love it and this military grade foam case is is amazing too i'm looking at it right now as well it's shiny it's like this smooth um it has that blush pink and some creamy white and it's got a geometric kind of pattern outlined on it and then it's marbly like marble marblesque esque marble <laughs> on the design it's so pretty maybe I'll post a picture of it in, in an Instagram story or something but it's just so nice to have a phone that works I can hear everybody when they call it's like super easy to hear videos and all these things and I feel so grateful to have this phone now and it's protected And I know to double pop the pop socket. Well, I just have one more segment for you today, and that's a Bunglebee moment. And I named it this because my six-year-old used to say Bunglebee for Bumblebee, and it was just so precious. Just those little moments in life where your kids say or do something that's silly or funny or random. So if you have a moment to share, like many of you have, just go to SundayAfternoonMama.com and click on share a Bunglebee moment, and that'll direct you to a really easy page to send me your story. And then also, if you want to send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook, book. I would love that too. So my little bumblebee moment is just that my two-year-old says things kind of in the wrong order. Like his grammar's a little off because he's just learning all this stuff about speaking in sentences. And so he'll say, I love it, tractor. I love it, worship. And then like the other day with the tractor, he's like, wow, that was amazing. (laughs) Just like love how he says amazing or a bigger word that you don't expect a two-year-old to say. And then another recent little line he says, and I think I must say this when I don't want him to do something that's a little risky or like could end poorly for him, is he'll go, that looks pretty dangerous. (laughs) I think I do that like, hey, stay out of the road. It's dangerous when there's like cars coming in. All of that. So he says dangerous, but it's really sweet to hear him attempt little sentences. I love when kids learn how to speak. It's just so fun. If you have any funny little things your kids are saying these days, why don't you message me? I would love to hear this week. (laughs) Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Sunday Afternoon Mama. Thanks for joining me. I so appreciate you listeners. You're the best. Be sure to tune in next week. And please, if you enjoy this podcast, tell a friend or family member so they can check it out too. Good old fashioned word of mouth is one of the best ways to spread the news. And if you could screenshot when you listen and post it to your social media, that's also a fantastic way to get the word out. Come visit SundayAfternoonMama.com and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. I'll be back with you next week. In the meantime, I'm seeking joy and peace with you so we can be better mamas together. Take a deep breath and smile. You've got this. Goodbye for now, sweet friends.